Welcome to the Metal Hammer Podcast, episode 18. It is the biggest week in the Metal Hammer calendar. How are you feeling, guys? Excited. Yeah, stressed, excited, tired. Stressed, tired. I'm really excited. It's going to be really good. That sounds about right. (laughs) I'm Mel. I'm here as always with Luke and Elle. It is a very, very big week, of course. We'll get into that in a second. Don't forget before that, though, the latest issue of Metal Hammer is on sale right now. It is an Avenged Sevenfold. Spectacular. Uh, God, what's in there? Twenty Over 20 pages of Avenged Sevenfold. Giant poster, very cool kind of semi-luminous, half-transparent, weird sticker thing. Um, <laughs> and the first ever tribute to Avenged Sevenfold CD featuring a ton of great bands. Go out there and get it. It's out in shops right now. Uh, we're going to go through the download lineup. Download coming up this weekend. It's going to be huge. Some of the biggest bands in the world playing. Lots of good younger bands as well. We're going to pick out some of the things we, need, we think you need to see uh, download this weekend. And of course, we're getting excited about Golden Girls. That's going to be good, isn't it? It's going to be so, so good. good. Jinx. It's going to wonder who's going to break that, that <laughs> silence after that. Yeah, Golden Girls coming up. The biggest heavy metal awards show in the world. Parkway Drive bringing their full set, the pyro and everything. Mate. Anyone who's seen that? Uh, was it Rock and Ring they just played? Oh uh, yeah, something like that. Is that this is the one with the spinning drum kit yeah, that it, also squirts fire? Yeah, they, it's like Why how not? do you top the probably the best drum kit since Tommy Lee uh, set it on fire? Why not? <laughs> yeah. uh, so if you want to see a flaming drum kit, pyro smoke, and some of the best songs in modern metal, of course, uh, get down to the Indigo on <clears throat> this coming Monday night, June 11th. Tickets still on sale. And on top of that, we've also got the likes of Baroness, Miss Sugar, Carpenter Brewer playing, Merck is doing a special acoustic set. Oh, and we've got Ozzy Osbourne coming. Oh, he's just going to turn up, isn't he? How do you like them apples? <laughs> it's going to be wicked. We can't see. Uh, we can't wait to see you all there, so get your tickets right now. Go to metalhammer.com to find out how you could be partying with us on Monday night. It's going to be good, isn't it? I'll take that yes. side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too excited to say anything. Too so excited. Just frozen. Just yes. Yeah. Frozen in an excited state. If, you, if, if we sound a bit uh, manic, it's because we are. It's been a crazy week here at Mount Hammer. God, the God's always a busy one. And of course, download is coming up. But as I said, we'll get into that in just a second. In the meantime, how are you guys? Good. Very Let's well. take a breather. How yeah. are you doing? I'm doing very well, man. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing great, mate. <laughs> you know, went, do you want to know what I, went, I did last weekend? I know exactly what you did last weekend. weekend. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been quiet about it. Uh, I was in Stockholm, uh, Sweden. End of story. Fans. You went to Stockholm. That's all to, you did. To be honest, that, it was my first time in Stockholm, and that would have been uh, that would have been enough because it was a wicked city. Highly Excellent. recommended, and it was lovely and sunny, which is very lucky as well. But I was there for a reason. Uh, I was there to see the brand spanking new Iron Maiden show. Exciting. My God. And. My God. <laughs> so, uh, did you cry? Well, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, I suppose, first of all, we're going to say I'm going to talk a little bit about the set. I'm not going to try and go into it too much because it's one of those things I think people should really see in the flesh. Um, but if you don't want any set list spoilers, if you're trying to avoid it until you can see it for yourself and all that business, here's your warning. I'm about to talk about the new Iron Maiden show. So there you go. I think that was enough, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Good. that is absolutely fine. Good, onwards then. So uh, everyone's, uh, I think anyone who's kind of loosely followed them on socials or followed anyone that likes Iron Maiden on socials is probably aware that the new Maiden show is pretty mad and there's a lot going on. Um, but to be honest, before I get into that, I think the main thing here is that speaking as someone who's been seeing Maiden for 15 years now, um, seen them do a host of new album tours, I've seen them play albums in full, I've seen them do at least three or four kind of early days slash 80s sets, 
Um, I've seen them do the kind of modern 21st century heavy sets like they did at Sonosphere. Um, I think this is the best set list Iron Maiden have ever put together. And I, I, and I will actually bat for that. I genuinely think it's the best thing they've ever done. They start with Aces High. Um, Strong. Which is, you know, arguably, apart from Wicker Man, which they also play, by the way, it is uh, the, the, not just the best Maiden opening track ever, but one of the best opening songs of any gig or album in the history of the world. So that's a pretty good start. And when they start with Aces High... So to kind of set the scene here, most Maiden shows you've just got the kind of big black curtain over the set before it all gets whipped down and Bruce runs out and they all run out and they kick into stuff. The kind of little touches to the show start before the actual gig even kicks off now. So they have like people kind of dressed up in like army uniforms, kind of just doing stuff on the stage, like mm. doing little tweaks and bits and bobs. It's just really cool because it kind of... You know, it gets people's attention and it kind of starts to create a little bit of uh, atmosphere before anything's even happened. So there's stuff going on on stage before anything even kicks off. Doctor Doctor comes on as always. Then it's into Churchill's speech. People start losing their mind. Set comes down and they've done this kind of army barracks kind of get up, right? So you think, oh, cool, they're going into the kind of war-esque thing that they've done quite a lot and it kind of suits a lot of what they do. Then, a giant life-size fuck-off Spitfire plane suddenly blows down from the ceiling and starts, like, kind of swerving across the stage with, like, spinning, uh, what do you call them? Propellers, um, flashing lights, everything else. Amazing. Bruce Dickinson. So, so, so first of all, there's Aces High and there's this giant plane suddenly flying around the stage and you think, Jesus Christ, is the first song. Bruce Dickinson pops up wearing, um, what are they, like, those little pilot-y... Hats that like Biggles wears. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, with like the, the goggles. Yeah, the ground stuffy ones. Yeah, he, he's wearing one of those. It's it's as far as an opening gambit. You just think like this is one of the most mental things I've ever seen, um, uh, and it, it gets better from there. So they go from uh, they go from Aces High into Where Eagles Dare. They haven't played Where Eagles Dare since about two thousand five, I think, um, which was the early day set when they did it Reading over here and stuff like that. Um, and from there on in it's just this kind of like feast of Maiden across the eras in terms of where the set list goes they've brought back uh, as I said before they've brought back Wicker Man which they haven't played for a few years um, that's always great uh, they've brought back um, some Blaze cuts they've brought back Clansman wow. um, from Virtual Eleven which is easily my favourite Blaze song and I think anyone who uh, got into Maiden around the Rock and Rio era will be a big fan of that song and it sounds just phenomenal live like the crowd was bouncing for the kind of freedom bits it's just it's just amazing um, they brought back Sign of the Cross which they haven't played since the very early 2000s that's another Blaze track that's awesome Bruce kind of gets this like uh, glow in the dark kind of not glow in the dark lit up like cross which he's mm. like carrying around the stage on his shoulders and then he buries it into this like little mound on the stage or whatever it's all very Bruce being kind of thespian dramatic kind of thing like he loves doing um, so, and that sounds great as well I actually would go as far as to say that the Blaze songs kind of almost sound the best because they really breathe well now into how Maiden kind of present themselves live um, so that's really cool um, they brought back uh, the, probably the biggest one really is they brought back Flight of, Flight of Icarus yeah. because they haven't played since the 80s um, kind of peace of mind track 
uh, was actually the first time I made some I ever learned to play on guitar <laughs> with a shimpo so it's a, that's a long time favourite of I think a lot of fans I think it, it was quite surprising that it kind of dropped for so many years because it's always been considered a big song of theirs um, and the weird thing is because you're so used to Maiden playing these like sprawling seven plus minute epics now it's actually quite weird to hear them drop this old track and it's just kind of gone in like three yeah, minutes yeah. Um, but yeah that's great and um they do, uh, I won't say exactly what they do, but the thing they do for Flight of Icarus, they bring out this kind of extra prop um, and Bruce plays around with a bit of fire around it and it's just, it looks amazing. I'm trying not to be too in there, yeah, so yeah, don't yeah. spoil it, but uh, you know, it's on to get a bit overexcited. So that was awesome. Um, they, and, and, but then there's other ones as well. So they brought back like Greater Good of God from um, A Matter of Life and Death, uh, which I just think is so cool because I think with the tendency with veteran bands, a lot of the time they'll kind of do like a new album tour and then they'll do a Greatest Hits tour and the Greatest Hits tour will lean much more heavily on 80s stuff or whatever. Um, and A Matter of Life and Death is one of those albums that I think people can easily forget about because it's kind of... I think a lot of their early to mid-2000s material kind of can get lost in the shadow of Brave New World a little bit, mm. understandably. But A Matter of Life and Death is an amazing album. It's, a, it's a, you know, one of that it would be definitely in the upper half of the Maiden canon for me. Um, and that sounds great. Uh, so it's really good to see that again. Uh, they're still playing Revelations, which was a bit of a rare cut when they brought it back um, recently, but it's called cool the still in the set. And then there's stuff like The Evil That Men Do, obviously, um, Run to the Hills is in there, Number of Beasts is in there, The Giant Eddie that they bring out for Number of the Beasts. I actually said this about the one on the Book of Souls tour, and that still is one of the best they've done. I think this might even be the best giant Eddie they've done it just looks sick as fuck <laughs> it's so so cool and it's not um, I think it's I think it is actually taken off the Legacy of the Beast game because you know it's called the Legacy of the Beast tour mm. and what have you um, it's Beast Eddie isn't it it's a Beast Eddie yeah. yeah so so again without going into too much detail basically what they've done with um, Number of the Beasts um, oh is that what I just said they brought it out for yeah sorry no they don't bring it out at Number of the Beast um, they brought out uh, they don't they didn't bring it out any for Number of the Beast they could bring one out a bit earlier than that and so you kind of think oh there's no like kind of devil this time around because normally they have um, Mr. Satan popping up don't they <laughs> yes so that's not in the set this time around but then when they do actually bring out something else in Iron Maiden of course at the end of the set which is uh, when they normally bring out the Big Eddie um, that's when they bring out the giant motherfucker and it looks it looks insane it's so cool the way they do it uh, and yeah the whole thing's mad there's, there's a lot, uh, pretty much every single song has some kind of prop I'm pretty sure every single song has a Bruce Dickinson costume change Brilliant. like Lady Gaga yeah it, 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 to the point where it's like <laughs> I don't I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's distracting in a bad way but you're kind of waiting to see what the, it's like well, what's he got to pop, pop, pop out this time yeah. um, what he does in Fear of the Dark is really really cool it's kind of sinister and Victorian and a bit weird. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's it's mad. The whole thing's mad. Oh, and I mentioned, the reason I mentioned the thing of them doing army barracks at the start is because when you see that, you kind of think that's what the set's going to look like because they don't tend to change the set, but they do change the set. And when they evolve it into the second half of the set, if you were, and how they kind of completely change the backdrop and stuff, it looks stunning. It's this kind of uh, ghost-esque stained glass chapel vibe and it looks amazing it's really really good um, so yeah it was I think early in the set I'm uh, sorry early in the tour you're always going to get probably not the tightest Iron Maiden performance 
Um, but by the time it kind of gets further in, especially by the time it hits the UK, I think it's going to be a shout for the best show mm. they've ever done. As I said, it's definitely the best set list they've ever done. And the show is, is absolutely mad. I'm sure there's loads of other stuff I can't even remember to bring back. But yeah, it was good. A solid six out of ten. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was, you know, as I say, it's, 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 it's a feast of Iron Maiden. It's, it feels like the most fan-friendly set they could have done because I can't think of any era of Maiden that isn't really accounted for. So. Yeah, I'm very excited about seeing it when it hits the UK. It is, it is <laughs> in August, isn't it? That's going to be very good. Yeah. So yeah, that was fun. I had a lovely, lovely weekend. My voice has actually just gone hoarse, I think, talking about Iron Maiden. So I'm going to shut the fuck up. What have you guys been up to? <laughs> I went to see Zilanada. Yes, you did. Very cool. I hadn't seen it before actually because they came over and played the Underworld last year. I think you did. You guys go? To the I saw them at Roadburn. Okay. Done that tour, and they also were Reading Festival a few, a few months after. So I have obviously heard the songs, but I've never seen them play. Um, and obviously, it's Manuel. It's his band, um, and he composes all the music himself, and he brings musicians in to play with him on stage. So it was really interesting to see him do it with all the other people because I've only really known about him so far. And his voice is incredible. He could just mm. sing so well. The kind of bluesy slave chants that he does were sounded amazing. And all the musicians he had were really into the vibe. They were kind of, you know, moving their bodies and kind of chanting and singing in this really awesome way. So it was just a really good show. And they were really confident as well for a band who were very new and, again, with a... You know, this, I think it's, I don't know if it's the same musicians as last time or not, but he kind of mentioned when I spoke to him recently about um, wanting to write a new record that was good because he actually had band members now. So I think mm. probably at least some of them are people who he's um, worked with before. But yeah, just really confident, came on. With black metal, obviously there's a risk it can sound really muddy, but it sounded really clear, you could hear each person really Where clearly. Was it? it was at a venue in East London called, was it the Village Underground, yeah. I think? So I've only, been there, I've only been there to see an art exhibition a few years back. So I think it's kind of a, a sort of an artsy space that has gigs in it. So they've got this big hall space and it just worked really well. Being in East London as well, it did attract quite a lot of hipsters. So the crowd was sort of a mixture of metal fans you and hipsters. You elitist. It's weird how that happens though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think they must have... I don't know what the rationale is behind having the show there, but obviously Zilinada are a band a bit like Deaf Heaven where people are kind of a bit hipstery and maybe into black metal who like it, not just hardcore metal fans. It's just this thing of like, because we was it Nails that played that at East London venue that time? They played Birthdays yeah. in Dalston. Yeah. In Dalston, yeah. And it's just this weird thing with metal, because if you play it, if, if like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, like Powerwolf play like The Underworld on a Friday night, you're not going to get yeah. kind of like indie kids just going oh it's a gig on I'm going to turn up to that yeah but, if, but whenever they have a metal gig in a, a East London area. hipsters just like <laughs> pop like just evolve and just pop up and the thing's really strange I think it's the only do have that cross everything where people the hipsters hear about them they're like oh that sounds esoteric and interesting and there are a lot of people there that have definitely spent a lot of time on their image which is obviously fine you know if that's what you want to do that makes you happy then fair play but it was definitely not just the normal metal crowd it was definitely more mixed hmm. um Playing yeah. download, aren't they? They are playing download as On well. On the Sunday. And yeah, definitely try and watch them if you can, because I just say he's Manuel is just this kind of this really interesting character because he when you talk to him off stage, he's quite um, a sort of gentle, open, welcoming, friendly, chatty kind of a man. And obviously the music is quite abrasive at times, it's quite big, it's quite aggressive, it's quite theatrical. And on stage he kind of has this presence where he is a 
theatrical commanding person, but he also has this kind of gentle humility type thing to his persona as well. So it's a really interesting mix of characteristics. And they're just very good. So Very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, playing Batman <laughs> on the Sunday night. Um, and yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit more later on. In the meantime, what the hell's going on in the world of metal, guys? Well, Merlin. <laughs> uh, Anthrax uh, have said, or Charlie from Anthrax, to be fair, has said that the next album uh, is going to be more aggressive and angrier. Uh, because of the climate they are, uh, well, said, because the climate we are living in is reflected in our music, mm. they said. And they've got seven or eight ideas already bouncing around. You made that sound like that's not... It's not very many. Yeah, yeah. it's not that many, really, is it? It's quite, it's, it's quite a lot. But yeah, it, How many ideas have you got? Seven or eight. How many friends have you got? Seven or eight. How many people do, like, dozens of, like, like things? Well, he says it's probably going to be another goal of mine to have 20 songs to choose from, like with there the last know. album. That sounds but, but there's it like a, that time when Metallica came out and said they had 300 riffs in a riff bank or something, and they're like, yeah, we've got seven or eight ideas. Well, the, 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 I'm sure there's, yeah, there's going to be more than that, but the point is it's going to be angrier and more aggressive. I'd be down for a heavier Anthrax album, assuming angry means more aggressive, uh, means heavier, sorry. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think it's a weird one for me in that I'm not bothered I've not been that bothered about recent output I think really? yeah I quite worship music I think well, that was alright but it for me that, a long time ago now yeah say, say to me that's still like late later and that's because I've just not been paying that much attention but I a thrash band being angrier and heavier is only going to be a good thing mm. surely I've liked I've liked what um, I've really liked what Anthrax have put out uh, post Belladonna coming back but I think worship music is one of the best things they've done as well I know that was a few years ago now but yeah definitely down for some angry 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 thrash coming our way uh, apparently there's new Black Peaks music imminent I but, love it out? well the news the new song Home came out on Monday mm. I think it was what are we saying it's great I've listened obviously as Merlin said before we're very lucky that we do get to hear things before they come out and having heard the Black Pete's album I've literally had it on repeat for 24 hours and it's really good yay there's uh, lots of little nods in there to bands that obviously influence them they talked in the mag before about being big fans of Gajira and you can hear some Opeth in there as well so it's not giving too much away no, it's, it's very good Will has said as well this album I've got some quotes here as well from Will well it says lyrically this album represents the fear of a future where freedom is restricted we have seen people families relationships and countries divided by conflict and political upheaval and our reaction to this is a core lyrical theme running through the album so it's going to be a cheerful one. Because <laughs> the last one was a concept record, but it was um, it was like a, a concept from their imaginations, whereas this one sounds more grounded in reality and now actual dystopian presence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a make believe now. It's reality. Yeah. So like, powerful stuff. I think from them. Good man's making good music in shit times. I'm fine with that. It's out in October, so be there. And they've announced a tour. They're playing the tour in the fucking Bosque. The Black Peace album is in until October. Yep. Yeah. That's supporting Perfect Circle as well. Yeah. So yes, that box thing. Sorry, I just turned it under code. Yeah, yeah, so ignore the exciting. Yeah, that's a a lineup. Yeah, Gold Key and Bosk supporting Black Black Peace in the UK. I'll be there. I'll be there. It's not fucking fucking great. So, download is coming up this weekend. Yes. Guns N' Roses, headlining Saturday. For three and a half hours. It's very long. <laughs> and, and the set list looks crazy. 
It's yeah. stupid. Uh, I mean, are we in... This is not in any level of disrespect to many of the brilliant bands playing down like this year because it is a brilliant lineup, and we're going to pick out some choice cuts. But is there any doubt that if the stars align, by which, I mean, it doesn't fuck it down. <laughs> yeah. Guns N' Roses are stealing this weekend. Yeah, definitely. They're the bands that everyone is talking about, which is weird that it, usually there's at least two headliners or, or there's some hot new band that everyone wants to see win the main stage or something like that. But really, everyone I've spoken to is going to download. just like, yep, Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, because it's actual Guns N' Roses to an extent. If it was the old Guns N' Roses where it was actual friends, this wouldn't be the case. But everyone knows what, how good last year was and everyone's expecting it to happen again. And if you happen to have not been at those shows last year and you're feeling cynical, totally get it. We were as well. But my God. Mate. My God. Three and a half hours isn't enough. I, I think it's a little bit too long for me. No, I think it's good. You know, you've got to get your money's worth. <laughs> yes. And, you know, you want, as they were away for ages, you want to see a lot. But I guess just being old, standing in a field, if it is raining especially for three hours... I'm kind of hoping it's amazing enough that I just don't think about it. It was last but time. But it's a long time. It was, that was three hours. That was three hours. This is three and a half. So, we were sitting down. Oh, I, I, know, I know, I know. But this will be the longest show I've ever seen if they do with a full three and a half Me hours. Too. I mean, you know, maybe there's a chance they're doing it just in case Axel goes back to his old ways. Someone, yeah. someone did mention that to me that they've done it because they'll turn up an hour late. Yeah. <laughs> Which they haven't done. As far as I know, he's not really done that at all this tour. No, he turned up on time when we saw him in London um, last year. But um, actually, last time they played like, download, they turned up 20 minutes early. Well, my only did, been 10 minutes. Did early. they finish early though? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Really weird. Go on. Um, but it was a bit of a mixed bag. That's How looking forward to seeing them do Slither because I really like. Yeah, they're dropping yeah. Slither. So what is that about? So cool. Yeah, I'm so song. happy that they're, they're they're not doing the obvious thing. Like they're playing stuff of Chinese Democracy, um, which I think is a really good album. It's called Sea Life, and yeah, Slither's awesome, man. It's a great track. They're playing. They played seven covers in their in that first set list on this tour. Like, how do you feel? That about is that? excessive. <laughs> yeah, that's see, that, quite see, that's a thing lot. where I'm that gonna start excessive. thinking about like you know it's quite long. Yeah, surely the biggest rock and you know, one of the biggest rock bands in the history of music ever ever don't need to play seven covers no, during a headline set. Like knocking on heaven's door. Yep, fine. And, um, Live and Let Die and stuff, that's yeah. fine. And they sometimes do quite a good Hold Up a Rosie cover as well. Yeah, they didn't do that, weirdly, at this one, uh, or lately. They did it last year when we saw them. They played Attitude, though, their Misfits cover, which I'm always a big fan of. That's pretty cool. But, so, yeah, there's... But they, yeah. they didn't need to do the Wish You Were Here cover. Yeah, I, I've not heard cool. it. It could have been brilliant, but I'm, I'm saying now, this probably doesn't need to exist. My only issue, really, is that, um, you know, putting in a Pink Floyd cover... And not playing You Could Be Mine. Yeah, that is a big that, that is an error. So, because, I mean, that's my favourite Guns N' Roses song, but it's also one of their biggest songs. They're not playing My Michelle either, which is one of my favourite Guns N' Roses songs. Yeah. God but damn it, th- Axel. But this is the thing, isn't it? Even now, where they've been like, really reliably good again for the last couple of years of touring, you still don't know quite what you're going to get. You yeah, don't know yeah. what they're going to play, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, It's exciting, it feels really exciting. Like, it's it's unusual now to get a band headlining a big festival where you're still going to have that tension in the air before they actually come up because you just don't know quite yeah, what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fairly safe to assume it's not going to be a total shit show. <laughs> no, it's going but, to be good, but I hope it, I think it could be the best download set of all time if everything lines up. But yeah. 
It's not going to be better than Slipknot, though, is it? Nothing ever is ever. <laughs> but this could be the second best. <laughs> no, in terms of just pure, in terms of like a legacy defining set, probably not. But in terms of just three and a half hours of fun. Yeah. 20, 24 songs they played on the first day of this tour. If they, that's wild. Yeah, that's insane. That is so wild. Um, and uh, yeah, also they're going to be coming. Well, not I don't know if it's immediately off, but pretty close off the bat of an insane Parkway Drive set. Yeah, because oh, yeah. partway are on what, like six till seven or something. I think mean, guns are on at like quarter past seven. Yeah, something like that. So Parkway and and you know if you were worried about clashes, there's not going to be a clash. Get down and see Parkway <coughs> Drive because that show is insane. Um, and then buy a ticket to the Golden Gods and come see it in an even smaller, tiny little intimate venue in London. It's going to be great. It'll singe your eyebrows. It really will. Um, who else from Download would be excited about then? Probably should say. Mention of Sevenfold at least. I think it's great that they've got a second bite of the cherry, and I think they'll do a fine job of proving my legend. Out. I think it'll be better than the first time I heard Land. I agree. They've got their on a better album. Be- better album. The stage show is going to be better, and I think there's much more love for them now than there was on that record. I think when they got announced for its headliner the first time around, there was a lot of cynicism towards it, and going, oh, whatever, don't care. But this year, I think everyone seems to have accepted the adventure at, at that level now. And they've done loads of big shows as well, those ones with Metallica. They're yeah. used to just going out and doing it now. Yeah, and they're two nights at the O2 and whatever else. They have absolutely earned their seat at the table, haven't they? So that'd be cool. I think it's going to be great, to be honest. I think it could be really, really good. They could do that and wish you were here cover on, on the Friday. Yeah, That's... again, no. <laughs> no. Stop no, touching no. that song. Yeah, just leave it alone. Uh, what should we do? Should we, let's, well, I think what we'll do is we'll pick a band each from each day and talk about why we think they should be the band everyone should go and see no matter what you're doing or what you're into who wants to go first go on Friday what are we saying I'm saying employed to serve on, on blind shout who I think are on the third stage quite early on I think they were like one or two or something uh, and yeah if you're if you've been under a rock somewhere employed to serve are one of the best young bands in the UK right now Golden Girls nominated for Breakthrough of course Breakthrough mm-hmm. well they are this out their latest album yeah it fucking was a breakthrough really they've sort of been touring this and kept going and going and the songs on that are so good like the groove on um, is it not Warmth of the Dying Sun what's the other one So My Days Wishing Them Away yeah. it's so good and like they've just got better and better as a band and it's like metallic hardcore really nasty Justine's voice is amazing and it's just going to be a big like, half hour show of horrible not, hor- not even horrible it's really exciting hardcore it's yeah. not even that nasty it's just really good and way more metal than a lot of bands in that scene exciting lovely hardcore exciting lovely hardcore <laughs> they clash with, if you want something nastier they clash with helpless but I reckon that I recommend employed to serve yeah you can't really go wrong with that L who are you backing for Friday Tesseract ah of course you are <laughs> So I know that they're going to be bringing over all the production that they've been doing in America. They've just been touring around America. They do some pretty big venues out there, don't they? They do. Um, and they've just got bigger and bigger. Uh, the last record, Sonder, have a listen if you haven't already. It's got some amazing stuff on it. And if you've written them off before as just a tech metal band, then you are very wrong, my friend. <laughs> they, are, they are just very powerful, very heavy, very melodic. Uh, just amazing riffs, amazing songwriting, brilliant vocals from Dan, who obviously came back. Um, a couple of years to the band and just go and watch them because you will be blown away awesome yeah that would be cool I think what about you Merlin well I'm glad you asked Um, (laughs) I'm going with Marmosets nice because um, actually I think two of my picks really are two bands that I think 
because of where the hype is at this exact moment in time in the rock and metal scene, it could be easy to overlook them. Um, so my Saturday choice has kind of got a similar vibe. But Marmoset's put out what I thought was a really good album this year. Um, I didn't quite froth over it like a lot of other people have across the scene. Yeah, I really like it. Um, but it is a really good album. It's got some massive, massive songs on it. And I think this could be, especially on a set where they're... Uh, Boston Manor are on there actually but they're one of the least heavy bands on that day mm. you know they're playing just before Volbeat, Bullet and Avenged and After Dragon Force so they, they stick out a little bit in that kind of run but I think they'll um, I think the, they've got enough songs amassed across two albums now to just totally blow away a main stage set and I think it's going to be great like Major System Era on that yeah, stage is so going to be good. brilliant and I think it will um, after what wasn't the best um, showing in London a few months back, and it kind of it felt like they were a bit road tired and mm. kind of wasn't didn't quite click for them, I think this is going to be a really good time for Marmosets to just say, oh, by the way, this is why we're one of the most hyped bands of the 21st century in this country, and I think it'll be really good. If it sounds good, I think Insomnia on the main stage will be quite a powerful Definitely. moment. Definitely, yeah. So I think I think Marmosets are going to be great. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I don't think they need to prove people wrong because everyone's pretty much on board with them. But I just think because it's been such a great year for music, it's easy to kind of lose track of what was going on at the start of the year. And I think they're going to kind of plant their flag right back into the, the heart of the scene. I think it's going to be really good. So, yeah, watch them. Um, Saturday, when you're not getting drunk in preparation for Guns N' Roses... Uh, who should you be watching? Well, I originally picked uh, Rollo Tomasi uh, for this because their new Fine album choice. is sensational. But then just before we left to pick to uh, record this, I saw The Fever 333 had been announced as this super secret band as uh, on Saturday. Uh, we were playing. Well, they've already announced it. Well, they've, they've announced saying, oh, yeah, they've just announced it now saying, oh, by the way, we are playing Download uh, on the Saturday. Uh, so I also recommend them because um, they're. I don't think we spoke about the fever. Maybe I've spoken about the fever. We have, yeah. I, I actually saw them in uh, Rockville a couple of you weeks, did. A few weeks ago. And I love the record. And I love everything yeah, Jason does, really. You should probably say it's Jason Butler who did Let Live. Let Live. Yes. Yeah. Let Live, one of my favourite bands ever, ever, ever. And <clears throat> yeah, just his new thing is a, similar to the more bouncy, hardcore stuff of, or punk stuff of Let Live like, it's not soul in any way really it's more hip hop vibe to it I think definitely one of the songs on there sounds like um, uh, is it Legend Has It? I can't remember one of the tracks off the last one of the Jules album which is not an insult by, no, no, by any stretch of the imagination but I'm, well, I'm really up for seeing Jason bring it but at the same time Rollo Tomasi that new album I've not seen any of it performed live yet it's and really those, good and, yeah, <laughs> those songs are so so good I hope they get a massive crowd and it's a lovely ethereal time well more just cheated and picked two I did I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm back for all Massey though having seen them playing recently very good yeah really good to see them get in another moment in the sun because if yeah. anyone deserves it when you look at where the hardcore scene has gone in the last 10 years they should be like the top of everyone's list. yeah completely very cool Oh, who are you most excited about for Saturday? I'm Apart excited about Sleep Token. Ah, yes. Because I have not seen them Check yet. Check out repping all the prog. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a Sleep Token, if you don't know, is kind of like a bit of a cross of Indian tech metal. And it's... I don't actually know because I've not seen them. They play like a handful of shows. And it's like their fifth show. I now. saw them supporting Perpetator. Yes. Uh, so you've seen them. Mm. So is it just a guy in a mask? It's... 
I think three guys in masks. Okay. <laughs> because two. the guy, the main guy himself, is a guy in a mask, and I don't know if he has any musicians on stage. So I'm curious to see. No, it was when I saw it. It was very, um, uh, yeah, kind of like hooded. Yeah. Some interesting visuals, very atmospheric, yeah. that kind of vibe. Yeah, it was cool. I liked That's it. That's what I'm hoping for. So yeah, it's a, it's a guy, a mysterious masked man, who creates music. He's known as him. He is. Bill Valo's going to sue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he describes Sleep Token as Sleep Token is the musical end of a sprawling global cult that worships the deity of sleep, an ancient being that is given power by those who believe. So wow. if you believe hard enough, <laughs> you <laughs> they're like going to play download. Sleep Token I like Tinkerbell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they got a new song that came out this week called Jaws, and it's very similar to the other songs. They do kind of follow a bit of a template where they kind of come in, it's sort of a bit ambient, and there's some sort of melancholy keyboard and some soft kind of vocals, and then it gets harder and kind of erupts into sort of tech metal-y, post-metal-y noise. But yeah, I just want to see it because I've just listened to them now. I'm really excited for them to do a record. They just keep kind of dripping out songs and I want to see what they're like live. Yeah. I really want to see it. I'm not as keen on the music as you, uh, but if it's this weird ritualistic thing on stage, I'll go check, go check, check it out. <laughs> um, I'm going to go, I've kind of picked out, I mean, the obvious choice that isn't called Guns N' Roses on Saturday, I think is Parkway Drive. And once yeah. again... You know, they're not clashing with guns. Go and see that band because the show they put together is unbelievable. And uh, yeah, it's wicked. But um, uh, kind of in a similar vibe to Marmoset's, but I think more pertinent to the point of kind of having a bit of a point to prove um, is Bury Tomorrow on the, on the Zippo stage, the second stage. Uh, I mean, this is a band who have never really been <clears throat> the kind of the hype band in our scene. Like, you know, they, they come up in the eras of bands like Asking Alexandria and then While She Sleeps and you know we were just talking about Marmosets and kind of they, they've been there through kind of every new wave of exciting British bands that have come through in the last kind of seven eight years or so um, and in that time they've managed to you know I mean the last time they did a proper London headline set was that they had they packed up a forum which is for people yeah. outside London is a 2,000 capacity venue like, that's a big venue that is not insignificant and once again I kind of find them in a position where they're putting out great songs and um, we've heard some of the album it's sounding really good uh, I think Black Flames are one of the best singles they've ever released and I think um, I can't remember what follow up Golden no, Violent no Golden Sword or something what's it called bah, I've forgotten the other one they just released is really really good as well um, and I think they're they're exactly the kind of band that people will really o- easily overlook on a stage like that because <coughs> excuse me because um, you know they do play a lot they haven't been away for any significant time at any point you know you've got more kind of hyped bands like Asking Alexandria on there and Baby Metal they'll do loads of, they'll do some excellent shows as well of course but I think you put Barry Tomorrow on a stage in a packed field of fairly drunk people hopefully in the sunshine and you will see a solid 45-50 minute set of some of the best metalcore songs written in the last 10 years and I think I think people will overlook them and I think they could be the band that people come away from on that Saturday going wow I mean I, I was kind of there for Parkway and I knew they were going to be good um, but did you see Barry Tomorrow kind of like Architects did a few years back and Killswitch mm. did a few years back yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. there's that band where you kind of went god I just, I just kind of went to check them out and they totally crushed it um, Knife of Gold was the, uh, the song they just released I think which is um, yeah really good as well um, so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it and I think, they'll, I think they'll do really well and I think they'll surprise a lot of people so watch Barry Tomorrow <laughs> 
Sunday. Uh, I mean, obviously, Ozzy will be a great sing-along. As yeah, Ozzy's going to be great, I think. Mentioned I've got to see him a couple of times post-Sabbath, and vocally, he's up there with the best I've seen him. So if you're concerned about how he's going to sound, I would say definitely give it a go, because he's been great. Um, but yeah, what, what else is going on? We've got Manson on there, actually. Interesting. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, I've I've seen Manson be good at Fiance, but I've never seen him be good outdoors. Ready No Five is the only time I've seen him be good outdoors, and even then, I'm sure people who saw him on Antichrist will go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'll I'll check Manson out. But if yeah, if he if he turns up and he's good, then fine. Hooray! Hooray! Definitely check out. Body count. Oh, amazing shout! I was expecting that. No, I'm so <laughs> excited about Body Count because last time they played down there, which I think was three or four years ago, that tent was so rammed I couldn't get in. Amazing. Uh, and so this year I'm making a point of getting there really early and just having a fucking party, really. I think, I think everyone's going to have such a good time to Body Count, even though it's like super aggressive music. It's, there's something just inherently fun about just seeing Ice Tea with a hardcore band. It's like, yeah. this is amazing. They are ridiculous fun. They really are. Yeah, and like the latest album was, a, you know, in, seriously, you know, a, had a point to prove and there was a serious message behind it. But even then, there was like s- such bounce and groove to everything that was going on. And it's just going to be really fucking good, I think, just seeing Ice Tea there. And, you know, they do, they'll do Cop Killer and everyone will go fucking batshit. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to bring a hand sandwich with you? Bring a ham sandwich with me. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because when he just when he just institutionalised and he talks about the ham sandwich. Oh, I see. I've got his institutionalised cover. Yeah, oh, fuck. I forgot about that cover. That's a lot of fun. That's a great cover. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if you do the institutionalised cover, yeah, I will not be held responsible for my actions. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, who are you most excited about for Sunday? I'm excited about Dead Cross. Yes. So that's obviously the band featuring Dave Lombardo of former Slayer fame and Mike Patton, the legend on vocals. (laughs) And yeah, it's just like a sort of ferocious, hardcore punk noise that's also a bit unhinged and insane because obviously it's a Mike uh, Mike Patton project. So it's just, yeah, I think it's going to be really cool. I've never seen them live. Um, And I think it's just going to be a noisy, interesting very good time uh, for the Sunday I am going with Creator nice um, one of the most important one of the best thrash bands in history um, a kind of really good example of how kind of proper old school metal bands have had such a great kind of second golden age in the 21st century um, Creator would never be the kind of first band people would think would kind of have like a second wind and go back up the ranks of metal in the modern era uh, but anyone that saw them at Bloodstock was it last year or the year before uh, last year I think it would have been well, it would have been last year wouldn't it yeah anyone that saw them do Bloodstock last year um, where they brought a set worthy of a headliner really they yeah. had this really cool kind of medieval looking backdrop with all these kind of uh, 3D props and everything else they had pyro smoke cannons the whole lot um, and they are just—they are just an absolutely brilliant live band. And I think if you've ever not seen Creator, or you kind of thought uh, you used to be into them, you haven't seen them in a while, or whatever, um, definitely check that out because they're by distance the heaviest band on that. I know Meshuggah on that stage. 
So yeah, apart but, from the sugar. But you can watch the sugar at the Garden Gods, so watch the sugar. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, they're one of the heaviest bands on that stage, arguably the most metal band playing um, on the Sunday. Um, and I think it'll be really good to see a good turnout for them because they deserve it and they put on a great show and they're one of the greatest bands ever and I think they will absolutely crush it I think they'll really blow people away actually um, cause, especially because it's an outdoor stage that second one so it should be really oh, hopefully good. they will bring some fire yeah that's what they will hopefully they will if they bring the same similar production that they had at Bloodstock and I hope that they can because I'd imagine in Europe they're probably doing some pretty big shows um, as well so hopefully they've got it with them uh, it will be very very special so definitely watch Creator we will be reviewing Download next week we will um, nursing our Golden Gods hangovers uh, <sighs> so we'll get through it somehow uh, but yeah we will, we'll be chatting through Download and a ton of other stuff and yeah if you see us at uh, Download this weekend um, come say hi mine's a pint just stole just stole my mind <laughs> guys yeah. uh, here's a pint as well yeah me lager no I'm not going to do that nice. uh, <laughs> yeah we'll see you there in the field it's going to be absolutely brilliant we can't bloody wait what are the good readers of www.facebook.com forward slash metal hammer readers asking us this week well, Merlin, uh, Jonathan Scott Anderson asks, in the last couple of months, I've seen both Trivium and the Fever 333 successfully... You have to say 333. I don't know, maybe say the three with the Fever 3. <laughs> or just the Fever. <laughs> the Fever. Uh, successfully command the entire crowd to sit slash kneel, then jump the fuck up. Other than Slipknot, drawing Spit It Out, do you have any memorable stories where you saw this happen? Too many fucking bands are doing this. I, was, I am sick of I it. I was just going to say, I don't want to be a cynical twat, but I, I feel like we've reached peak. Jump the fuck up. Yeah. This is still not staying. Leave it alone. I've, I've been there when Bring the Horizon have done it, I'm sure. Frank Carter did it. Trivian did uh, it. Uh, uh, Slam Dunk last week. I saw Crossfate and Barry Tomorrow do it, one after the other at Warped One Year. Brilliant. <laughs> I, saw, I think I saw Feed the Rhino do it. I'm just... It's not your thing. Leave it alone. <laughs> What a it. It's their thing. It's their only gimmick that, other than the mask that they have. Yeah, I was going to say, definitely the only gimmick. I, I, I realised what I was saying. But, like, <laughs> but, you know, Devil Driver have got the look how many circle pits we can do. Yeah. Let's not like, have their jump up thing. Yeah. You know, just find something else. Like, like, you know, have, have a group hug. Do you remember when Horse the Band did a circle pit inside a circle pit inside a circle pit? That was fucking good. That, no, was, that, that, was, that was their thing. That sounds and, amazing. And they all ran in opposite directions. And they're not around anymore, so just yeah. leave that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have to agree. Uh, it's got a bit much. Well, my only memory is dislocating my shoulder during one of them, watching Such Slipknot out. at Download. So ban them. And it well, was the 2009 year. It was the second time they did it. Uh, so what was it, five years ago or something? Yeah, after Paul passed away. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was someone, everyone got down on the floor, and there was someone who got down on the floor who was completely like on something. And he didn't know what was going on. And I thought, oh no, this guy is like getting on the floor, but he's too messed up to know what's going to happen next. So when everyone jumped up, I reached out my arm to help him up, and then someone fell on my arm. And what does that teach you? Don't, Don't help, help people. Yeah. It was fucking painful. How about that everyone had sat down during the Slipknot jump the fuck up bit and he went, I don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. This is the end of the show. But he didn't because the guy <laughs> on the floor was too fucked. So I was like, this guy is too fucked to know that he has to jump up. And so he like managed to... Well, he just, he just sat down. <laughs> yeah, he, he <laughs> wasn't going to get up again. He wasn't moving. Well, that was me. the thing. Like, I saw oh, him get on the floor and then everyone was jumping up and he wasn't moving and I was like, he's just going to get his head kicked in. So yeah. I reached down to help him up. 
Because he, he didn't know what was going on, and someone fell on me. Did he get up? No. I, well, because I couldn't... By the, when my arm fell out of its socket, obviously it wasn't functional anymore. So I didn't have enough arm power to, like, bring him up. So you let that man get trampled. What a mess. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is just it's horrible. It's awful. Um, <laughs> it was traumatic. Yeah, I bet. So whenever um, I've seen them since... And they've done it. You've stood there with your arms folded. I've like tried not to get on the floor, <laughs> but then there's so much peer pressure that you have to get on the floor. And there was one where I went to see. Um, well, back in the day, Sid literally used to jump in the crowd and slap people. Yeah, well, there yeah, was yeah. one. I was in America somewhere, and it was Manson and Slipknot, and it wasn't that big of a venue, and you could see everyone all around the venue. And Corey was making everyone sit down, and everyone was glaring at people who weren't. And I was like, "Fuck's sake!" Peer pressure. So I sort of like. Crouched down a bit, but I was like, I'm not getting on the floor again. This is it. That'll show you. (laughs) Matt Streets asks, Who should headline download next year? Come on, mate, we've not got this one yet. Well, it's not not who will, it's who should. Yeah, who should. Okay. Uh, Next year specifically, I think if there's a Bring Me album, it could be time. It should be time, really. It just depends on whether they still see themselves as download centric or not. Really? And it's going to cause a lot of outcry from various circles. Yeah, the but yeah, the line, lineup always does as well. So yeah, so I don't, if they're going to be mad, yeah, if if this album is big or bigger as the last one, they'll do you know they did the O2 on the last one, they'll do the O2 again. That, if that doesn't make you worthy of headlining, yeah. But to them. me, it's it's whether they do that or whether they do Reading or something. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good thing for me. Um, God, who would be good if <laughs> if System of a Down actually get their shit together and make an album which. Not As we've discussed, doesn't see you anytime soon. That would be cool to have them back with some new music. Uh, I'd, if it's, there's meant to be a new Slipknot album next year, but I doubt. Yeah. But they, they might do download, or they might do their own thing and then headline download 2020. Um, or to be absolutely honest, given the show I just seen and talked about earlier, um, I made and bringing that set to Donington would be <laughs> that'd be a nice way to bookend it, amazing. I suppose. Um, and they haven't. Uh, no, they did do the Book of Souls tour download actually, but. That was good, but this is yeah, this is something else. It, th- that should get a festival airing, in yeah. my opinion. How many anniversaries coming up with big bands? What, not two thousand nineteen? Yeah. Uh, yes, but now you put me on the spot. And I <laughs> Slipknot's first album. Yes, Slipknot's first album. That's going to turn twenty. Jesus. God. Fuck my life. Um, <laughs> old now. Yeah, I know. Oh well. Right, just book Maiden, bring me and Tall, and then we'll all have oh, a time. Oh yeah, Imagine. That would I'll be good, to that. Um, actually, uh, uh, you getting made an Metallica is a big ask for any festival, really. But um, Metallica, as we mentioned recently, still haven't brought that all-encompassing no. stadium stage show over. So that's got to be in the UK next year at some point. I would say. They've not done festival slots since 2014, 2015, I don't think. When they did Reading, Red did Reading. Was that before or after they did Glastonbury? Same week was not the same. No, yeah, they glass to be a Sonosphere the same year. Yeah, that was. So it must have been after that. Mm. I think. I'll take it. I will never ever. I know people say it's same old bands or whatever, but I will never have an issue with Metallica or I made playing download. No. So yeah, it's always going to be good, isn't it? That's the thing. You're never going to be wondering whether it's going to be a good show. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's some options for you. We back it. Uh, Cole Gable asks if you could create a new category for the Golden Gods Awards that already doesn't exist. Well, we could. Sorry, what? <laughs> I can mate, so uh, what would your category be and who would you nominate? I would I would create best beard and <laughs> and just give the award to Chris Kyle straight away. That is a strong beard. His beard is so 
He looks like he, he came does. from the sea. I know, right? <laughs> he does. He looks like a sea monster. What's it? What's the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean with like the tentacles on his face? No, no you mean that? No, that's monster. David Jones. David Jones. Yeah, <laughs> looks like David Jones. Yeah, he does. So in yeah, man form. That'd be mine. Best beard, and I mean Zach Wilde would be in there, I think, as well. But you'd have to give it to Chris Cohn. Yeah. I don't know. What, I, don't, I don't know what category I'd cre- I saw this question. And I really like the question. I just can't think of anything because. We change the categories every year. Like this year, we've got best festival, which we've not had for a while. Best event, best event, we've had enough for a while. Just happens to be all festivals in it. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens in metal. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> we don't do much else. Um, but I don't really know. Best ink could be another good one. Best ink, old oh, tattoo. Yeah, I mean yeah. you'd get like. I've got, I've got to say ink because it's cool. You streeted me then. Didn't Sorry, man. <laughs> Maybe Kerry Kerry King is an obvious shout for that, but. Yeah. Best album artwork. Although no one really books a lot. Of, a lot of people don't really bother with album art anymore. You could just go all out and do. Ghost will have to win that. Ghost will win this year so far. You can go all out and do most metal person. Who <laughs> is the most? Well, metal we did in years gone by have something called the Metalist Fuck Award, which kind of was that, but I think it became such a vague, nebulous idea that we just kind of went, "This doesn't really work," so we started doing it. Unless you're Magneto. <laughs> You just stop me and I can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yes, you're right. Literally the most metal person. Wolverine, yeah, Wolverine, sure. Yeah. I don't think we can give fictional characters awards, but... <laughs> I love the way you're looking at me like I said something weird. I'm sure when you're obsessed with Marvel films. films. Yeah, but you know, that's different. Um, oh yeah, it's different, isn't it? Yeah. And on that note, again, uh, we, we should say there are some unbelievable people turning up to the Golden Gods this year. We are very, very excited. Fucking and that's, Aussie's there. Like, that's, 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 I know. That's ridiculous. And he's, I mean, he's the biggest name in the history of metal as it goes. So I won't say there's people bigger than Aussie, but there's certainly people as what the fuck that are going to be on that stage. Uh, it's going to be great. That's not a plug. We're just excited. So buy tickets. That was a plug. <laughs> uh, what else are people asking us? Well, the final question comes from Bruce Stephen, who asks, how do you like your steak cooked? If it's any more than medium, you will be sacrificed. Well, I'm vegetarian, so I can't answer this. Thanks, mate. (laughs) Yeah. I have a medium rare, Bruce. I don't like steak. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you pick this question? I don't know. I saw it, I thought, oh, that's a nice, fun question, but it turns out... I'll have... No, only one person here eats steak. I'll have a lasagna, but I don't want steak. Yeah, can I have my lasagna rare? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's have a raw burger, please. Um, when I did used to eat steak, I had it medium. So there you go. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Bruce, for dividing us. <laughs> yeah, uh, starting a steak war. We will be off to download, as previously mentioned, so tune in next week for our review of all things Donington. It's going to be wicked. And uh, once again, uh, The Golden Gods is a matter of days away. I think a bead of sweat just formed on my head as those words came out of my mouth. It's going to be a hell of a night. We can't wait. Really hope to see some of you there. And don't forget, you can still get your tickets, but get them while you can, because I don't know if you'll ever get to see Parkway Drive fit that production into that. They're never going to play a venue this small again. It's going to be amazing. We'll see you then. Uh, Yeah, pick up the latest issue. Give us a like on Facebook and please rate and subscribe us on iTunes and Acast. Do it. Do it. Do it now. See you after download or see you in the field. It's going to be rad. Bye. Bye bye. See ya.